right, let's get right into the Word of God. Are you ready for God's Word today? Now, we're in a, a series right now entitled Regift, and uh, it's the idea of from God to me to you. And what God gives to us, He doesn't just give to us to enjoy, but to us to give to others. And uh, we have looked at regifting God's love, regifting God's joy, and you guessed it, today we're going to talk about regifting the peace of God. The Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And so God has bestowed upon us the greatest gift, who Paul described as the indescribable gift, which means you can't really put words to all that Jesus is, who he is, what he's done for us. And yet this gift is in us. And it's not just for us. It's for everyone else around us as well. Amen. And so, like I said, today we're going to look at regifting the peace of God. How many of you know this world is in dire need of the peace of God? Amen. So we're going to talk about that today. And I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture to get us started. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everybody say Prince of Peace. Then in Luke, when the angelic hosts arrive and announce to the shepherds the birth of Christ, It says there in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and what were they saying? Read this with me. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's read that together again. Glory to God in the highest. Hey, wait a minute. Whoa, let's do it. Let's read it like we mean it. Ready? Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. How many thank God for his peace today? Amen. Amen. Father, we love your presence, and we thank you, God, that you came with a message of peace on earth. Peace on earth. Hallelujah. Today, God, we just pray, God, for that peace to be poured out in this room, in our hearts, in our lives, and through our lives into this world. Teach us, train us, equip us in your peace today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And I do want to say thank you, John, for that kind thing that you did. I didn't even pay him to do that. He just, he just did it. So I, I want to just start out by saying that the peace, the peace of God is the birthright of every child of God. God is peace. And because God who is peace is your heavenly Father, you as His children have His peace. And it's your peace. It's His peace in you. It's your birthright. God doesn't want you living stressed out, strung out, regretful, shameful lives. He wants you and I to live in peace. Amen. That's our birthright. I love what Isaiah said. He said there's a day coming, and I believe we're in the day, that the peace of God will flow like a river. God's peace is like a river flowing. What does a river do? It refreshes, it revives, it replenishes, it even removes debris that can clog up your life. And the peace of God can flow like a river. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I need some river flow in my life of God's peace. Now, the kind of peace that God gives isn't the absence of activity You don't just find peace by laying around and doing nothing. And it isn't the absence of difficulty. 
But it's that shalom of God where you enter into a rest in your relationship with God and harmony overtakes your heart and wholeness enters into your soul. It's what the Bible called in the New Testament the, the calm of God. That's when, when, when Jesus spoke peace. He was literally saying, calm down. Amen. I've heard that they, and this is a wise move, never tell your wife to calm down. <laughs> but Jesus can say to every one of us, calm down. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> excuse me, so the peace of God doesn't mean that there isn't strife. It just means there's the presence of God's wholeness and rest on the inside of us what in anything that we're going through and isaiah promised this is what god promised you will you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you i love that because in the original language if you go if you look at that uh it says you will keep him in perfect peace literally that there isn't a word for the word perfect because actually in the Hebrew language, this is how it reads. You will keep him in shalom, shalom. You will keep him in peace, peace. And so all the translators are trying to figure out, like, what's this meaning of saying that twice? And it's just trying, it's God's way of saying, I want you to walk and live in the reality of perfect peace. Hallelujah. Now on the night of Christ's birth, <clears throat> the Bible shows us that the angels declared that peace had come and goodwill had come to the whole earth. The peace of God in Christ is always available. Amen? But it can be sometimes very elusive. We live in a, in a time right now, they say in the last 3,400 years of human recorded human history, out of all the last 3,400 years of recorded human history, that there are only about 268 of those years that there hasn't been war. <laughs> and they said in the last 300 years, over 260 peace treaties have been signed and almost none of them have been kept. One person described the historical problem with peace like this. Peace is that glorious moment in history when everyone stops to reload. And that's the truth. This is the world we live in, right? So that's, a, that's a, the lack of peace on a historical global level. But what about right where we live? What about us? Right here, right now, in our time, in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, at work, in the church. Amen. Don't go quiet on me out there. Everyone talks a good peace game, but it's amazing how little peace we can possess at times. Whether we're talking about this time of year and the Christmas season that we're in, I listened the other day on the way to work, I heard on the radio that they say that the average American will have to attend in the Christmas season 10 parties. They got to go to the parties at school, the party at their house, the party at church, the party at work. Well, the party at church is the number one party you should be going to. But after that, but we're all stressed out. With the, the demands of the season sometimes. But it's not just at this time of year. It's all throughout the year. We find our souls sometimes can get out of peace. Sometimes we live in the peacelessness of being anxious over things that we cannot ever control. And trying to meet the demands and the responsibilities of life. We live in the peacelessness of fear. Uh, of, of the financial needs that we have in our life and relational conflict where we're not just at odds with each other, but we're literally at war with one another. And this is the reality of far too many of us. And it's at times like this, it's hard to be at peace, let alone be able to give peace to others around us. 
But peace is not only our birthright, it is our responsibility to bestow into the earth today. Thank you, I'm waiting. It's not just our birthright. This is our work. This is our worship. This is the way we make the world encounter a living God and a loving God. By bringing peace. So, Isaiah said it's going to flow like a river and let it start right here, right now. In our lives, in this season. Amen? So, I just have a real simple message that I want to share with you. How... We can position ourselves to re-gift the peace, peace of God. There are just three ideas that I want to share with you. Number one, if we're going to re-gift God's peace, we first of all have to be at peace with God. Every one of us in this room. This is that vertical relationship of peace that every one of us have to have with God. Remember, Isaiah prophesied that a child would be born and he would be called the Prince of Peace. Then the angels declared to the shepherds, Peace has been born to you. Peace and goodwill has come to earth. And they were talking about the peace that God made available in His Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the only way that I can be at peace with God. Is that I know, believe, and have received Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. There is not another way to get peace. You can't ingest it through drugs, alcohol, drugs, or a person in your life. Peace comes through the person of Jesus Christ alone. Paul said in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. This means God is not angry at you. God is not ashamed of you. God will not reject you. God will not let you go. If you have believed in His Son, you are at peace with God. He's not your enemy. He's your Father, and He's by your side and on your side. I'm going to tell you, some of my kids have messed up a uh, a lot in their life, but you know what? I'm on their side. They're my children. And I'm not excusing any uh, wrong behavior, just like my dad didn't cast me out when I messed up. I don't want to cast my children out, and your heavenly Father will not reject you. He's not out to shame you. He's not disgraced by you. He loves you because you have believed in His Son, whom He gave to, be pre- to, to bring peace in relationship with Him. Amen. i got to slow down. I'm getting too excited. This is the way. If we're going to give peace, we have to be at peace with God. And know that when you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Paul said in another place, I don't have it up there, it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, that Jesus made peace between us and God through the blood of His cross. He shed His life's blood. He went to Calvary. He died on a cross. So that you and I could come into relationship with Him. And He's no longer counting sins, uh, the sins of men against Him. You know, what, you know what God is saying? I have already forgiven all sin of all people. All you need to do is step into it by trusting in my Son that He did it for you. And when you step into what He did for you, I am not mad at you. I am not out to get you. I am not angry at you. I love you. I, this is why I came. You're why I came. But you can't give what you haven't experienced in Him. Amen. You can say calm down to your wife or husband all the time. All you want. It's never going to work. Amen. Come on. Can I get a good amen out there? Isaiah 48 verse 22 says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace for those who are without God and without Christ. Because if you haven't trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're lost in your sins and without God and without hope. There is no peace 
says the Lord, for the wicked. And then I want to show you something here in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. This is in the New Living Translation. And this is really a very correct way of saying it. We've already read this, but I wanted you to see this in a different translation. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those, listen, with whom God is pleased. Well, how can I please God? There's only one way. Through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Another translation says, peace to those upon whom God approves. How, how can I be approved to God? There's only one way. Believing on His Son, Jesus Christ. And when you trust in Him that He died on the cross for you, then you have received life and God approves and you have been, now you are, you are pleasing in His sight because you have trusted in His Son, Jesus Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen? I know you guys all know this. This is elementary for you, but it's good information to tell everybody else. Amen? So, to give or to re-gift the peace of God, number one, we need to be at peace with God in that vertical relationship. The second thing is we need to then walk in the peace of of God. This is that internal peace. My position in God is I'm at peace with Him. I love Him. He loves me. And I'm His child. And that's the fact. And I may have a good day. I may have a bad day. I may fall flat on my face. Anybody here ever done that? And you know what? You're still at peace with God. You're at peace with God. He's not against you. He's for you. But when you get that reality in your heart, then the next thing is to then walk in the reality of that peace and allow the peace of God to come upon you and to dwell with you and abide with you. And everywhere you go, you have the peace of God. Anything you face and whatever you go through in your life, and this is that, as I said, that internal peace. Jesus promised us this kind of peace. He said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I gift to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The world's peace the kind of peace that the world offers is circumstantial. But Jesus' peace is substantial. It's continual. There's always more peace for when our souls get out of peace. I can be in a relationship with peace with God. I'm at peace with God. But sometimes my soul is out of peace. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're yelling at somebody or giving them a gesture out of the car, your soul's out of peace. You are in perfect peace with Him in relationship, but your soul's out of peace. Amen. And there's always more peace available. God wants to give you peace, but we have to walk in that peace. So how is it that our souls get out of peace? Well, here's some, here's some ideas of how our souls get out of peace. When we spend more money than we make. Do you know the number one stressor in America right now is finances? And sometimes it isn't because the government's taking more taxes, which they are. Mm. See, I'm out of peace right now. I just got myself out of peace. No. But oftentimes, we do it to ourselves. We're spending what we don't have. Sometimes our souls get out of peace when you look in the mirror and you just don't like what you see. You don't like you. And you're down on yourself. 
and you're disgusted with yourself. And that is the soul out of peace. Sometimes our soul gets out of peace when we don't know how to set good boundaries in our lives. You know, everybody has to live by a margin. You don't write out your life from one end of the page to the next end of the page, from the very top of the page. You've got you to leave room for margin. You've got to have boundaries in your life because if you say yes to everything and you don't know how to set boundaries, you're going you're gonna to run yourself ragged, get out of peace, and then you'll quit everything. Amen. Oh, how often has this done, has been done in people? And this is, a, this is an indication that you're out of peace, which I think leads right into this next thing. And our souls can get out of peace when you care too much about what other people think about you. You need to just let it go. Hey, you know what? Jesus was uh, the most perfect person that ever lived. And he still had people that didn't like him and hated him. And were mad at him when he didn't do what they wanted him to do. <laughs> you can't please everybody. I can't please everybody. But we sometimes, I'll, I'll stand up here sometimes, go, I'll preach, I'll preach, I'll teach, I'll, and I'll go home and Julie will tell you this, but she doesn't, she doesn't throw me under the bus, but if you ask her, she could tell you this. I'm beating myself up all day long over what I said and how I said it and what happened and what didn't happen. Because I'm too worried about what other people think. Because I saw some looks on some faces. <laughs> Not you, of course. But somebody. But I, I get too concerned about what I appear to be. And that gets my soul out of peace. There's a lot of things that can get our soul out of peace. But how do we walk in the peace of God? Well, I just want to give you, again, these, I know this is real basic information, but I'm sorry, I'm a basic kind of guy. But here's how we maintain peace in our soul. Number one, obey the Word of God. Just obey God's Word. Just do, I, I know I, I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again today, because some of you weren't here last week. But we need to obey God's Word. It is a way to walk in peace. Here's what the psalmist said, Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Isn't that awesome? If you love the Word of God, and you learn the Word of God, and you live by the Word of God, great peace is yours. And that keeps you walking on the road of life, and not falling off into the ditch of death and destruction. With every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch, right? And so God wants you to get down life's road. And the way to get down life's road is to do it His way. So let me read it again. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble, then the very, then there's a verse, a couple of verses after this, the psalmist said, I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Said your, there is peace in living by your law, therefore I'm going to do what you tell me to do. That word precept means instruction, guideline, command. I love the Bible because it is God's love letter to humanity. I love the Bible. It is the big picture of what God, who God is and what God is doing. But I want to tell you another thing about God's Word. It is not only a love letter, it is an owner's manual. And in the owner's manual, he's telling you, here's how I made you. And here's how you function. Here's how you work. And here's how you live and not die. And if you'll do it my way, if you'll just follow my precepts. Everybody say precepts. Oh, that doesn't sound fun and frilly and mystical. But it's, you know, God just says, you know, do this and don't do that. And you'll have peace. Because if you do this and you continue to do that, you're going to get yourself right out of peace. 
And you're going to say, where's my peace? Why, I don't feel the peace of God. Well, you did it to yourself. Amen. We need to obey God's word. And again, just by obeying God's word doesn't mean that there's going to be the absence of trials. But there will be the presence of truth in the trial. And you'll get through it. Turn to somebody and say, you're going to get through this. Go ahead and tell them that. Here's another way. Here's another way that we can keep the peace of God and have the peace of God. Say your prayers. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. That's got to be one of the, I know, I know we know that and we say it all the time, but that's got to be one of the richest verses in the Bible. Because it's so, it meets us right where we are. He says, listen, you got worries, you got trials, you got difficulties in your life. First, pray. And when you pray, be grateful because God is always good to you. And as you give it all to Him, as you cast all your care upon the Lord, supernaturally, mystically, wonderfully, powerfully, peace comes over you. And it just gets in your heart, and it gets in your mind. And it just, and there's this, you, when He says surpasses all understanding, it means I can't even explain how I can be at peace right now. I can't even explain why I can just keep going when everything it feels like around me is dying or hurting or breaking or broken. But you do need to pray. Another, and I'm not, that's not an ought to it. It's, it's, the, it's what Paul said. This is your way in to experiencing the peace of God. Don't worry. Don't be stressed. Don't be fretting. Don't be anxious. Don't be in upheaval. But run to God. Make that the first thing you do. Not the second thing you do. Not the tenth thing you do. The first thing you do. When you even think there might be a trial coming, you head it off at the pass. Amen. Come on now. And pray. Say your prayers. Everybody say, say your prayers. So he said, you'll, you'll gain an, a, an understanding that surpasses, which means in prayer, you have to be willing to let go of your understanding of how to fix things and get his understanding on how to deal with it. Amen. You got to, as uh, Caitlin reminded us, there has to be this exchange. I'm laying down my understanding, so I get an understanding that surpasses my own. I I couldn't think of this. I'm not that smart. But just act like you are. Amen. So obey God's word. Say your prayers. Then the third thing to keep, the, to keep yourself in the peace of God is focus your thinking. Focus your mind. Now, in Philippians, after Paul says, pray about your problems and the peace of God will come, the very next verses he says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Get your mind out of the gutter of fear and worry and anxiety and think about the truth. Think about the good. Think about the God. Think of ways to praise God, even in the dark place that you're at right now. Amen. And then he goes on in verse 9, and then Paul says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Change the way you think about what you're going through. 
This is why we need to come to church every Sunday, because Monday we will, we will forget everything we just heard just now. And then we need to come back and be reminded that i got to set my mind on things above, not on things beneath this or here on earth. It's a, it's a constant exercise of decision in my own heart to stay in the peace of God. The choice to stay in the peace of God is to, is to uh, set your mind, focus your thinking. Sometimes when I'm feeling melancholy and sad and living in the past, I turn on country music. <laughs> it, just, it just helps. No, it doesn't help. I, I think in the moment, it's like, this is how I feel. And I'm, and I'm not talking about new country, because that's tailgate truck stuff. I'm talking about old mama doggy songs. It's pathetic. But that's the tendency of my mind. That's the tendency of my mind, and I have to... I have to... <laughs> Change the channel. <laughs> focus, Tim. Focus. Here's what Paul said. He said, let the peace of God rule your heart. That word rule literally means, literally could mean umpire. Let the peace of God say, out. Safe. Let the peace of God rule. If it, isn't, if it isn't safe, it's out. Amen. And so, to re-gift God's peace in this season, this time, and as God's people, we need to have peace with God. It's that vertical relationship. And then we need that internal peace of God, the peace of God. And then the final thing that I want to share with you today, this brings us then, we can make Peace, we can make peace to the glory of God. When I'm at peace with God, and I walk in the peace of God, then I can make peace to the glory of God. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill to men. That's where you and I come in. We're earthlings. We are the earthlings here. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, where you and I live. Peace. Good will to men. Make peace flow like a river. Make the peace of God flow like a river. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God, children of God, sons and daughters of God. You and I live in this world to make peace, not keep peace. Peacekeepers will sometimes compromise values in order to just keep the peace. No, we don't, we don't keep the peace because then you will find yourself in an unhealthy place giving in to things that are not of God. But he said, no, be a peacemaker. Make peace a reality in your life and through your life and in the lives of others. And so I want to talk about this for a moment and how we can do this in our lives. To make peace to the glory of God, we need to make peace a reality in our circumstances that we're in right now. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Now, Jesus came walking into the storm of one of his disciples who were going across the sea. Or no, actually he didn't. This time he was in the boat. I'm sorry, Jesus was in the boat with them. And he was asleep. That's what peace does in the storm. It's at rest. 
Hello out there. Jesus is asleep in the ship, and the disciples, which most of them were fishermen, not unaware of what it was like to be on the water, were afraid that they were going to perish and yelled at Jesus for sleeping. And so Jesus was aroused from his sleep, and he said, Peace, be still. And then he turned to his disciples and said, Where is your faith? You know what I think Jesus is saying essentially? Is you could have done this yourself. It's not just saying, I am the peace speaker, but in me, you also could take authority, you could walk in the authority and speak peace into your circumstance. Speak peace into your emotions. Speak peace into your relationships. Speak peace to your body. Speak peace over your marriage. Speak peace over your home. If, if it's going through a storm, if you're in a storm, you take authority over that storm. And you say, peace, peace. Remember, perfect peace? Peace, peace. In other words, this is your one chance to say, calm down. Make sure it's not very direct. Kind of a roundabout. Amen. I love David. This is, I need this so much in my own life. Psalms 4 verse 8. David said, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I, I love that. David said, look here. I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to go to sleep, period. When I go to bed, I'm going to go to bed. I'm not going to be walking the floor over you. I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to go to sleep. He's declaring peace in the midst of his troubles because he knows, you're my safety. You got me. I can't fix this. I can't stop this. I can't control this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be at peace. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. So make peace in your circumstances. Then number two, make peace in your relationships. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Pursue peace with how many people? All people. That means the Republicans, the Democrats, the extreme lefts, the extreme right, the females, the males, the neighbor, the teacher, the scoundrel, your husband, your wife, your children. What did he say? Pursue peace. Pursue. Go after it. Go after peace. With all people and holiness go after holiness too because that's closely associated with peace without which no one will see the lord like this is really important because you know someday you're gonna you're gonna go see the lord and you you don't want to be carrying a grudge with you amen i don't know if that's entirely possible but at least by this scripture He's saying, go after it. And then Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Again, the onus is on us who have, who have peace with God and the peace of God. Now he did say, if it is possible, which means that there may be situations and circumstances where the other person is not making this a possibility. But from your end of the stick, so to speak, you're trying. Amen. And so, we've always got to pursue peace. Why? Because we have God's peace. The message... Um, 
The message was peace and goodwill toward all men. So we need to be at peace with our friends and our foes. And there's no excuse for really holding on to a grudge or being unforgiving or just um, feeding bitterness. We need to pursue peace, make it happen if it is possible. Now, how do we do this? Well, we need to focus on reconciliation, not necessarily resolution. There are times when certain things can't be resolved because, well, let me just say it this way. Let's take the obvious. Jesus said, this is going to sound like I'm going to undo my complete message here, but Jesus said, do you think that I came to bring peace to the earth? Yeah, I think you Yeah, I think you did. Oh, he said, no, but I came to bring a sword. That's in the Bible. Okay? But don't get confused. The Bible said, rightly divide the word of God. So he's the prince of peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. May the peace of God be with you. Pray, pray in the peace of God. So peace is still our reality. What Jesus was pointing out, do you think that I came so that everybody would just get along and everybody would just be nice and find their way to God in their own way? No, he's saying... I've come to tell you I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And if you choose me, somebody's going to hate you for it. And there's going to be a division. And it could happen in your own marriage, in your own home, with your own family. And there's this division that happens. Why? Because you're at peace with God. But they're not at peace with God and they're not at peace with your decision to follow God. But from my point of view, I don't, I don't carry a grudge. I'm not supposed to be mean-spirited to them. I'm supposed to try to be reconciled to them. I may not be able to resolve this difference that I've chosen the Lord and they reject Him. But I want to try my best to be in harmony and love and acceptance of them. Does that make sense? And so, focus on reconciliation. Not necessarily restoration, which leads then focus on cooperating with people, but never compromise with people. In other words, never compromise the truth in order just to make other people happy and make them feel better about you. You stand in the truth, you're kind, you're gentle, and you work at cooperating. Like, how can I work with this situation? My neighbor, my friend. Listen, hey. Who in your life right now this Christmas needs this gift from you? Because there's probably somebody right now in my life that I need to say, I think I need to work on this for my Christmas gift this year. (laughs) Amen. Everybody okay out there? So make peace in your circumstances, make peace in your relationships. And then finally, make peace in your witness for the Lord. And what we mean by that is be a peacemaker in bringing people to the Lord. The story of, um, the story of John the Baptist started when his mother and father couldn't have children. And they were very old in age. This is, this is how... Actually, the birth of Christ actually begins. It starts with Zacharias and Elizabeth, and an angel goes to him and lets him know that you're going to have a son, and, he's, and then eventually the, the, John is born, and when they take him to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord, Zacharias is holding John in his arms. And listen to what he said. I just want to read you a couple of verses. He said, he said uh, in Luke chapter 1, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And then it says a few verses later, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So he says to John the Baptist, to that little infant in his arms as he's dedicating him to the Lord, here's your purpose in life. You're going to point humanity to Jesus Christ. Christ. And he says, I love how he says it. He says that you are going to you are going to guide our feet into the way of peace. 
That was John's role. Listen, that's our role. That's why we are here. Not just to have peace with God and to experience the, the joy of the, and freedom of the peace of God, but to make peace for the glory of God to those around us. And so, it's dark out there, folks. And there's people that are sitting in the shadow of death. And they are far from God. And Paul describes people even being at enmity with God, which means hostile toward God. And there are people that reject the message of Christ. And there, there are people that are lost. Every, everybody born on this planet is born a sinner and commits sin from a very early age. And they just, even though they may be morally good, they are without God and without hope. Amen. And they need Jesus. They're enemies of God until they have received Jesus. Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. And so there's only one way to be with Jesus. And that's to believe upon him as Savior and Lord. Amen. And so Paul says, okay, here's our role. We're like John the Baptist. We're, aren't you glad you don't have to eat his diet or wear his clothes? We can have fashionable clothes now. We don't have to. And I'm not going to eat locusts. And they're trying to tell us now to put away beef and eat bugs. I'm not into the idea. Who knows what you get at some of these restaurants, though. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, and then verse 20 and 21, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God was reconciled to you through Jesus, and now he says that's our role with the world is to bring reconciliation. The word reconcile means to re-establish relationship, to make things right, to remove obstacles to relationship. That's what it means to be reconciled. So he says, God has given to us the ministry. This is all our job. It's not just my job, it's all, all of our job to bring reconciliation and then he goes on in verse 20 and 21. Now then, we, that's all of us here, we are all ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. That, in a nutshell, is how we make peace where people are out of peace with God. They need to know that Jesus came and he took upon himself their sin. And when they trust in him, he gives them his righteousness. There's that exchange again. And I, when we receive his righteousness, we're fully accepted and approved of God. And, and accepted by him. Amen? And so we are kind of bridge builders. That's what, we're all, that's what we are. Everywhere we go and whatever we do, we are here to build bridges. The Bible said in Isaiah chapter 58 that, um, that we would one day, he said there's a day coming in the kingdom of God that there will be people who will be called repairers of the breach. So what are we doing here? The, the bridge is broken down. Church, the bridge has collapsed. There is no way for people to encounter peace with God unless you and I become the peacemakers. That's why we're here. That's why John was born. Ultimately, that's what you and I are doing here. Amen. Let's all stand together.
Can I have the people that are going to pray for us to, here today? Come on up and be ready to pray. If you are lacking peace in any area of your life, the Lord wants you to walk in His peace today. He wants you to experience His peace. Maybe it's a peace of just knowing Him in relationship. Maybe it's a peace in some circumstance in your life. If you need prayer here today, we invite you to come and receive prayer. I believe the Lord would meet you here. I think He wants to pour out His peace that surpasses all human understanding and give it to you today. He'll meet you here. If you have any other needs, we'll pray with you about those too. Can we just lift up our hands to the Lord and just receive? Lord, we thank you for your word of promise that you make your face to shine upon us and you are gracious to us, that you smile at us, Lord. You favor us, you're happy, you're excited about us. I just pray, Lord, that we would walk out of this place knowing that we are at peace with you. Even in our failures and shortcomings, we are at peace with you. Thank you for that, Lord. And I pray, God, that what we've experienced and what we experience ongoingly in our lives, that we would make that, God, make us to be peacemakers. God, develop us in this area of our life to not only enjoy the peace that we receive from you, but to dispense that peace everywhere we go, to speak it, to show it, to declare it. Jesus name. Everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.